Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. We're glad to have you here today because we are continuing on in our series of what we love most about the different theme parks. We've had a chance to cover Shanghai Disney and Hong Kong Disney, and today, well, we're going to cover Tokyo Disneyland. It's going to be a two-part series allowing us to cover Tokyo Disney Sea on another day, but rest assured we have a lot to cover in uh, today's podcast. And to join me is my friend and colleague, David Zanola. Great to have you back, David. Thanks for joining us on this conversation today about Tokyo Disneyland. Oh, this is my uh, this is my jam, as the kids would say, Jeff. This is the <laughs> this is whenever anybody asks me, whenever I do a presentation or I talk about my Disney travels, people will always say, "What's your favorite Disney park?" And I can't pick a park, but if I had to pick a location that I could only, I would have to, you know, sell my rights to go to every Disney park in the world. If I could just visit one resort, it would hands down be Tokyo. So I need to be, so recently I just kind of updated for DisneyAtPlay.com and about me type um, description. And in it, I rank all the Disney parks in the order of my favorites, which could be a whole nother podcast with, with you and others. But, but um, the number one I put and I, you know, this may surprise you, but I put Tokyo Disneyland above Tokyo Disney Sea, and surprisingly above Disneyland, which is the park of my youth. Uh, hmm. That's a that's a much tighter uh, that's a much tighter comparison. And there are things I love about Disneyland that c- cannot be replaced anywhere else, but with but I know that by the time we get to, and we'll have to talk a little bit about what's new at Tokyo Disneyland because it's coming. Um, uh, it's really hard not to just love and embrace this this Tokyo Disneyland. So for those who are not aware, they kind of said, okay, let's take the best from Disneyland and from the Magic Kingdom. And let's let's create a new park that looks like that. So Cinderella Castle from Magic Kingdom is taken, uh, while Pirates of the Caribbean from Disneyland is largely taken with some modifications there. Um, and so let's, uh, let's start. The, f- the first thing, I, they just redid the entry to Tokyo Disneyland, which is stunningly beautiful. It was already very lovely to begin with. Um, but, uh, and it's kind of different because you don't have a train station at the entrance of Tokyo Disneyland. There is a requirement back then that said if you had more than one station, you had to go through a kind of a special licensing and you would be determined as a piece of public transportation and under different rules. So in order to keep the train, but but not uh, be subject to that mass transportation uh, ruling, they just created the train uh, for Adventureland with one stop. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, so you come and there is the Mickey floral portrait, but it's pushed much forward. And then you just go under these fairly unassuming arches, Victorian arches, this kind of a Victorian styling at the entrance. 
uh, and walk into what is International uh, Bazaar. Tell us, tell us about this very different kind of Main Street. So I guess the best way to describe it is it's a, basically an enclosed or a covered Main Street, which sounds kind of odd. Uh, but as you're walking underneath it, and there's not as many, I guess there's only really one, uh, you know, in the Magic Kingdom, for example, there's little side streets and little turnoffs that don't really serve a function other than to, to continue the narrative and give you a place maybe to sit. Uh, but in this case, there's only two turns off of it, one which goes to Tomorrowland and one which ends up going to, to Adventureland, which is right past Pirates. But the coolest thing to me, and I'm a person that loves park music, is I don't think the Main Street band, you know, the the the, the Main Street uh, marching band, sounds any better than it does in that World Bazaar. And they will they will park oh, there yeah. and they will play, and just the acoustics bouncing around in that thing, it's a different experience. I mean, if you took the covering off, it would still feel fairly similar to a Main Street. But it's not as long, um, at least it doesn't feel as long, and maybe Force Perspective is messing with my brain in some way. Um, but I just think it, it feels more, it also feels more hustle and bustle with that enclosure because of the echoes of the, of the voices. Um, but it never feels crowded, which is just crazy. And Tokyo, both Tokyo parks are always very, very crowded. Uh, and so uh, well, it's, you it's just a unique that, experience. You describe that perfectly, David, because there is a sense of um, energy underneath that without seeming um, overwhelming. And uh, I, I, I got to tell you, I love, there are a lot of people, and, and when we talk about Disneyland Paris, we'll talk about um, how they very decidedly chose not to repeat that but to provide cover in a different way but i love the cover i always feel like i can if if things if things get raining and things get a little crazy i can always step underneath this and find easily an hour of things to do while i'm waiting for a storm uh to to pass by and then you mentioned the band and i will try to put a video because i did tape some video and they were playing like I think it was some Alice in Wonderland music. It was so cool. And, and music you don't hear our own bands play very often. Yeah. And it was just so much fun. And it just brings an energy uh, to the experience when you are there. So is there something besides the band? Is there a particular aspect of... And I said International Bazaar. I'm sorry. It is World Bazaar. Is there a particular thing that you love about World Bazaar? So this is actually one of the only places I don't often, uh, partially because it's not shaded very well, but I don't often sit on main, and again, I, I say this, but the Orlando parks I consider my quote-unquote home parks, even though I live in Illinois. Um, but I don't know that I've, I'm sure I have, but I don't often just sit out of choice on Main Street and just kind of watch people go by. I will absolutely sit on one of those side streets that shoot off of World Bazaar going to Tomorrowland or Adventureland and I will and I will sit by choice. I could have plenty of other things to do. It's not just that I'm tired or exhausted. Just by choice, I just want to sit because it just I love again, I love that energy uh, that's that's there. And I love the little shops. I don't know if we'll talk about it at all. We could spend seven podcasts, but you've never seen merchandise like merchandise at Tokyo Disneyland. It yeah. seems like it changes every three days. Um, 
They have different uh, they have different festivals at all times, different themes to their merchandise. You can actually, when you walk in, and you can get online and, and, and Google these and find tons of, of images, I promise you, that uh, if you've never been, you can actually get a guide that's only in Japanese that tells you on that at that time of the year or that week or whatever it is what unique food and what unique merchandise is being offered just during that time. Uh, I think Disney World's actually started to improve in this way with a lot more unique merchandise. For a couple of years it was the same shirt was on sale in every shop. Um, but I love just walking in those shops because it's possible that I could be there on a Monday and on the Friday, the last day of my trip, it'd be an entirely different set of merchandise in one area that's how quickly that stuff turns over the three of the three asian parks this is the park i tend to buy all my souvenirs for oh yeah um, easily there's just so much more variety i find the emporium is actually on the right as you enter it's the only park with an emporium on the right and the reason for that um which is by the way where i tend to get my shirts and there's always these colorful shirts i can go into the disney parks here at home and when I see I, I can tell a Tokyo Disney shirt when I see it uh, uh, yeah. doesn't matter who's wearing it I could tell a Tokyo Disney shirt they're bright they're colorful they're unique um, the other aspect of it is is what is on the right when you leave is that there is a tradition that when you go do something special or go to a particular place or on holiday or something of that nature you bring gifts back for your friends and so that entire area on the right side is dedicated toward um, cookies and candies and and edible kinds of snacks and gifts yep. to bring back. And uh, there is many of them are in tins and that are kind of collector tins. And let me tell you, I have got my collector. As I mentioned this, David's looking over at his collector tin collection. I'm looking at mine. I love collector tins at Tokyo Oh my goodness. Here's the only downside. Yeah, so it's actually kind kind of cool because that's what that shop basically is. So if the description is not making sense, the best way to think about it is a multi-pack um, of little souvenir snacks. They're all, like you said, individually wrapped. But the downside of that is you absolutely have to carry those on the airplane because there's no way they make it back in your luggage undented. At least for me, they haven't. I tried my first year to bring a tin home that I just thought was gorgeous. And I put it in my check bag and thinking I wrapped it in some clothes and it'll be fine. Well, after two flights and who knows how many people chucking that thing around. Um, but so I always have to make sure that I bring a second bag like a second little light fold-up carry-on because that's what I have to take my tins in going on the plane uh, because otherwise they're going to get beat up but it is yes those are and that the these little things called plush badges uh, which are basically these small little miniature um, plush versions typically of the main characters Mickey Minnie Donald um, Goofy uh, they're they're small they wear them and carry them around their backpacks that's how you can always tell if there's somebody that's been to Tokyo Disneyland uh, in the United States parks because you'll see them hanging around their backpack or their their satchels whatever they have just some just some rem I'm looking right now in front of me in my office and I have four or five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirty four sixteen of them and I love them they make I, me happy. We are. I'm. I'm in the same place. And and this. And let me tell you, if there is a crowd in a store, 
it's the end of the day in this store. Mm -hmm. It is so packed that there is one section of the store dedicated to all of these goods. And I mean, they are just stacked full and they are often empty shelves by the end of the day, despite their efforts to restack. And then you go into another facility just beyond it where you have to make your purchase and that whole thing has been themed out like scrooge mcduck's bank Mm -hmm. and there is line after line i mean there is there's probably 24 different registers i actually counted them on my last trip and i forgot where i wrote it down because i couldn't believe how many there were but here's the crazy thing it is disgustingly crowded and you can't believe how long the lines are you'll never have a line for a checkout move faster at any retail establishment anywhere yeah. else in your life. It's fast. They go, you get what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's the most well-oiled machine you will ever experience most likely apart from maybe Disney cruise line. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's just, it, it blows me away. Cause I remember getting in that line my first time thinking, what have I done? Why didn't I get stuff earlier in the day? And it was whoosh, through. So All anyway, we while. can talk enough about stuff that we've, that, that we want to spend money on. <laughs> For seven shows. <laughs> All the while, I have to say, they'll, they they handle the merchandise with care and they'll ask you if you want extra bags that they'll put into your bag because they know that a lot of times that that's part of the gift giving is to be able to put it into a special Disney bag and they change out their bags all the time. So it's, it's so crazy. The only other shop I'm going to mention on World Bazaar before we leave is that they have a magic shop very similar to what has been in Disneyland since day one, but also was once at Walt Disney World. And they often do magic tricks um, in the shop and so forth. So I love that. Now, how about before we leave World Bazaar, how about getting a bite to eat? Is there anything? Uh, see, so here's the thing. At, um, at Tokyo Disney, I will typically eat one meal in a quick service restaurant and then I will just snack for the other meal because the snacks are so unique and stuff you're never going to get at any other Disney park anywhere. I think I mentioned that I think Shanghai is actually, um, Shanghai and Hong Kong need to up their snack game quite a bit. Uh, but I don't, um, there's nowhere specific there probably because I, I enjoy, I know where some of the other snacks are. There's an ice cream shop uh, right on the edge um, on the right hand mm-hmm. side as you're walking towards the castle that um, typically has, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that typically, well, that or they'll have a unique flavor or a unique little dessert. Um, uh, last year, it was a, last year or the year before, um, it was a dessert that looked like uh, at the end of PhilharMagic, uh, when Donald Duck flies through the wall and you mm-hmm. turn around and you see Donald Duck's backside kind of sticking out the wall, wiggling. Yeah. They had an ice cream version of that with these little shortbread <laughs> cookies sticking out that looked like you were eating Donald Duck's uh, rear end. And it was just the cutest thing. But here's the thing. It's not just because there are some things that you take just for the photo opportunity. Like there are some, so let me give you an example. At Walt Disney World, I think they're cupcakes. You only buy them because you want the picture. I think that is 87% frosting, 10% cake, and the other three, who knows. And I don't think they're very good. Um, at in, in Tokyo, they're a really cool photo opportunity, but they're also really good snacks. Um, so that's my, that's my stop on my way typically out of the park for an afternoon break is to stop and grab something there. And it's typically that, that, that hard ice cream, not the, not the soft serve stuff. 
So I, I got to tell you my big plays, and I just I get excited thinking about it. I've already had my sugar level go through the roof just thinking <laughs> about it. It's the Great American Waffle Company, which mm. borders between um, World Bazaar and New Orleans and through Adventureland, and um, and I just I love picking up a waffle there, and that's my that's my get acclimated to. <laughs> to Tokyo, you know, from having been at the States. I know I'm not the most adventurous, but um, God, I, I love that so much. So, so, yeah, you're right. This is this is the least of all the lands, and <laughs> we got so much more to cover. One of the things you have to understand is that the guests in any park will go down all of Main Street to the Central Plaza and then veer off to the sides. Um, like the spokes of the wheel, Tokyo Disneyland is organized that way. However, there are two things that prevent that. One is that when you get to the end of the world, Bizarre Street, there is actually kind of a garden which is where you find the partner statue. And you actually have to kind of go to the right or left and then back into center and then back out to go to your different lands. So it's not a, you can't take a straight line into the center of Central Plaza. That's one thing. The second thing is, is that like Center Street on Main Street in, in Disneyland Walt Disney Magic Kingdom, uh, there are streets that veer off to the side halfway down Main Street, but here those streets are major thoroughfares. Oh, yeah. And there's as much down those streets as there are anyway. And as you mentioned it, one goes to Tomorrowland, one goes to Adventureland, We'll move, uh, we'll go clockwise today and go down Adventureland. And I love how they have taken New Orleans Square. It's not quite as much of a New Orleans Square as Disneyland's, but it is well done and it blends beautifully from Main Street into, or from, I'm sorry, from World Bazaar into, into uh, New Orleans. It just seems to just flow beautifully. So in a sense, you actually have more of a New Orleans square because the backside of World Bazaar, and by the way, the unlike Main Street at Disneyland Magic Kingdom, you don't have the backside of the shops. But here, actually you do. The backsides of the shops are more shops <laughs> and, it, and it continues on. So so it's it's a very unique thing. We go into New Orleans Square and here we have Pirates of the Caribbean and here we see a version of Disneyland's which managed to keep the caves portion the Magic yeah. Kingdom did not but it does not take you back up the falls like Disneyland's version and it has a shorter drop much more like Magic Kingdom's version because it deals with the, the issues of swamp or whatever you know you can't you can't dig very deep here at the Magic Kingdom and you can't in Tokyo either but they've managed to address it and everything about pirates if you don't like some of the changes that have been made to pirates you think they were impolitically correct they're kind of back to the way they were uh, i think the auction scene is still there i don't think that's been changed to red no um, at least not it. as of last may and um and but it's beautifully done it is like visiting pirates of the caribbean i think you said this david it's like the opening day to an attraction every day at Tokyo Disney. The pristine attention to the detail is just stunning. 
See, and that's why I think you had said that you actually like Tokyo Disneyland. You would rank it above... Disneyland. Disneyland, and I would rank it above Magic Kingdom. I honestly think that it's because this park feels like it was just built, but it feels like it was just built... Uh, I have a, a really good friend who put it this way and said, it's like they built 1970s Magic Kingdom in a, and put it in a bell jar and just preserved it. But And so it feels completely up-to-date. Like, it feels new, but it, also, it feels classic. Like, I walk around that park. The first time I visited Walt Disney World was 1983, and I was only four, um, but... I I still remember things in those first couple of trips, just like the awe of what things were like in classic Magic Kingdom. I was only 12 years, 12, you know, 13 years old at that point. Um, and in my first couple trips, and that's the feeling I get when I just walk around Tokyo Disneyland. Um, and I think that's why I put it above even the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland as well. And I think Pirates feels that way. It feels like it was built the night before, and you're there on the first day. And actually, fascinatingly enough, I don't think there's I've ever waited very long in line for pirates. Um, not nearly as long as you might for Winnie the Pooh or, or, or Monsters or something like Monsters, Inc. or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, even though they have a lot of standby queuing that is done interior. Um, and you don't wait outside for the queuing. To give a, a couple more examples of that... Um, put under the bell jar the crystal palace um i love the crystal palace but it it looks worn when you see it at the magic kingdom the carpets look like you know they're the original ones uh, it's just it has that worn feeling at tokyo disney they have put in the crystal palace and it is pristine and it yeah. feels like the original buffet or the original dining experience then you have another experience that I think is is a fascinating one, which I have not been to. Maybe you have, but it's the Polynesian Terrace Restaurant, um, which I, is a it includes a, a a luau type show with it. I have not I have not done that simply because there's so many every time. Like I said, every time I get there, first of all, my trip is never long enough. And I always enjoy trying so many of the snacks yeah. around. And I love the quick service food in this in these parks better than in any other park in the world. And so I spend so much time eating there that I say, ah, cost-benefit analysis. I'm not going to spend my time at one of those. Um, so I have never been. Uh, that is something that someday I'd like to do, but um, I've never been able to do it. It is an indoor representation of what used to be at Disneyland. And... Okay. And it just, again, it has that sense of you put something underneath the, uh, a, you know, you encased it under a bell jar to, to preserve it forever. It's just perfect and it's stunning every day. Adventureland is kind of three mini lands. I mentioned New Orleans Square. And then there's a section that is very similar to most Adventurelands we know of, where you have the enchanted Tiki Room concept, the Swiss Family Robinson, the Jungle Cruise. You have that kind of you're you're going on adventure jungle cruise but there's a third section that is uniquely tokyo's that is this midway section and it honestly it it reminds me a little bit more of typhoon lagoon than it does um and it's it's really a shopping uh dining section in there you have um squeezers tropical juice bar china voyager which offers some Asian cuisine, Chinese style noodles. 
you have um, uh, the um, uh, uh, I think well I'm trying to think of some of the, the shops that are in there maybe there isn't a shop there nearby there is a theater Orleans that kind of bridges between this little section yeah of dining and and New Orleans and it's got a a stage show a traditional Disney cast kids of the kingdom a la tropical stage show <laughs> yeah. that um that is really terrific what what are the highlights for adventureland for you um when it comes to adventure i mean i i enjoy that pirates i've actually had the chance i'm i'm in tokyo more than i am in california which sounds odd uh but i do enjoy um pirates and but i don't spend a lot of time in adventureland because i really enjoy westerland and critter country and so i spend a little bit of time in there but it's typically the beginning or the end of my day because if i'm going to spend time in any two lands for quite a while it's going to be westerland and critter country which are uh which are next in the in the bicycle wheel uh three attractions let me mention them the enchanted tiki room has a stitch version Blech. and uh it takes a lot of and maybe I can post a video of this because I do have a complete video. It, I think partly because it's not like I'm against Stitch, but they end up putting these handprints of Stitch all over the the glass, and it just looks messy for Tokyo. And it's largely in Japanese, and there's a lot of narrative to kind of sort it through. And so it and and the songs aren't all familiar, so it's really. It's a little bit of a struggle to get through that. The second is the Jungle Cruise, which is identical to Magic Kingdom's, only they flipped it. And so um, instead of, you know, if you're sitting on the dock, instead of you getting on a boat and moving toward the right, you get on a boat and move toward the left, but you go in the same order of everything. And there they've done this, um, kind of musical retelling where they bring in elements of the Lion King and the Jungle Book into the Jungle Cruise. And then when you get to the temple, they do this light show. I mean, it's really projection mapping. Um, if Even if you don't know what, even if you, they're not speaking English on this, you still get a sense, of course, you, it's all visual on the Jungle Cruise. But the whole mapping and the whole thing, and I, I just wish they were doing this mapping thing in the in the uh, in the temple because it's very cool. The third thing I should talk about is um, the Western River Railroad Road, which is their railroad, and it takes a journey from a a, a depot that's above the Jungle Cruise, and takes you through the jungles of Africa and then out into Frontierland and cuts through Frontierland. I mean, right past the, the, the dock where um, uh, uh, the dock for the Mark Twain Riverboat, and then around Big Thunder Mountain, and then it actually goes into the primeval world. Doesn't do the Grand Canyon, as I recall, but it does do the primeval world and has all of the dinosaurs and, and well done. Of course, Disneyland's version was recently done and that's even more amazing because they've used some projection mapping on it. 
but um, but it's it's very it's very surreal to be on that train, and to and to experience what's there, uh, because it's uh, you, you you know you just at times you have to remind yourself this is Tokyo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so it's so different. Which brings us to another land that is so surreally surreally surreally. I don't think that's a word, but it's so different, and that is Frontierland. Um, this is a combination of a traditional frontier land with um, a critter country. Um, although they, they actually, let's, let's talk about frontier land first. They actually separate the two out. So let's talk about both of them. What stands out about Western land for you? So I enjoy um, the canoes. Uh, that was one of the things. Oh, I guess wait, is that that's, technically that's critter country? Okay, see, they're 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 so close to each other. Um, in Westerland, I really so I think I mentioned on one of my last talk, one of the last podcasts. I do not like the country bear jamboree at all. I love it here, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it seems like it's new. But on the way out, and if you remind me, it may take me some time to dig to find this, but I love, there's a bulletin board, and it's a bulletin board like you would have at any place of work that the bears have put up posters for things. And there's a, my favorite thing, and I talk about it with my classes all the time, about you know details and the importance of them. There's a poster that is a wanted poster for Goldilocks. Mm-hmm. And it says that she's short, and um, short and uh, very, very choosy or very picky or something like that. Like those are basically her crimes is that she's short and she's very picky. And I could just stand there. And in fact, I've even gotten looks from some of the local cast members as to why I'm standing there looking at that thing. But I will go in the Country Bear, uh, the Country Bear Theater a couple of times uh, just because of how fresh it feels. Uh, Big Thunder Mountain, that's one of my favorite coasters, me, so that's a just blast mention, as well. Let's just mention Country Bear Jamboree, um, because yes, the the bears are not jerky. And the thematic yeah. detailing was added at one point to Disneyland's version, which is now since gone. But why I mention it is because we do, in a podcast, I, Tom Morris talks about the creation of all that thematic detailing for the Country Bear Jamboree. And we have... I'll put a link for the site which shows a lot of those details, and uh, and it is very cool. And it also shows a video of the of the bears themselves. So definitely check that out. Big Thunder Mountain. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I um. So I don't know that I could tell you. I don't have as much of a mind for detail to be able to tell you what specific things are different i'm sure there are people that could say you know that could basically almost like a like a bobsledder in the olympics can memorize the course of each of the uh, the versions one in orlando and 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 the one in tokyo i can't um big thunder mountain's one of my favorites it's just it's a it's a blast i love big thunder mountain that's one of those rides that no matter where i am if they have it i will go on it just because uh it's a i don't know any other word to describe it then it's just a fun attraction yeah, well, yeah, it is well executed and very popular. Um, you want to get a fast pass if you can for it. Um, I'll just mention one other attraction, which most people do not know, but the shooting gallery, um, the Westernland Shooting Gallery, was the ac- was actually the first shooting gallery Disney did with infrared. Before that, they had only oh. done pellets, 
and okay. uh, and uh, you they had to repaint everything at the end of the evening and this was the first time they actually created an infrared one and uh, so check that out as well um, another attraction I think uh, I want to mention is the uh, Tom Sawyer Island rafts and that is again one of those surreal moments when you walk around Tom Sawyer Island there's some details there that are just very unique to that Tom Sawyer Island. The paths are, it's a little, if I was to say plastic, there, it's just, it isn't quite as, as natural, but it is, it is distinctly, it is, it is Tokyo's cleanest version of the frontier. <laughs> if you, that's, um, uh, but I'll add some photos. This is unique. Um, one of my, I've been doing this uh, comparison series and I did the castles. And then what was my last comparison series? It was on um, um, Small World. I think my next um, two, one of them is going to be on, uh, one of them is going to be on um, the different Tower of Terrors. The other is going to be on the Tom Sawyer Islands across the world. Hmm. Because I think, well, actually, there aren't a whole lot of them. There's, there's only three. Um, there isn't one in Paris, and there isn't any in Shanghai or um, Hong Kong. But, um, but there are three, and the one that's most unique is the one... Uh, my favorite is Magic Kingdoms, but this is a unique one worthy of comparison. Let's talk about Camp Woodchuck. That's what I was just going to say is I didn't because it's that that's one of the so this is one of the ways it gets me confused is I think that Westerland, Western land and um, Critter Country almost feel like the same land to me. And so originally I had said, ooh the canoes, but I forgot that's where they were. But I love Camp Woodchuck. So Camp Woodchuck uh, is basically uh, just a restaurant, really. Uh, about uh, built on the camp that Huey, Dewey, and Louie from the DuckTales would have gone to. And I grew up on the old Disney Afternoon DuckTales show. Uh, obviously, there's a new version of DuckTales on, so it was cool to take my boys there to be able to... In fact, I have a um, one of my... I told you that I had these these little plush. So here's Kinano. Can you see that? Oh, so cute. So there's a little... Uh, I don't know, one of the boys. Um, their little camp woodchuck. And it's just a really cool... I mean, they do their quick service locations. First of all, they're massive. Uh, they're really well designed. And I love just going back there and taking some pictures. And actually, you don't get your food inside of that location, but it's air conditioned. It's two floors. You get your food outside of it and then bring it in. But there's all kind of Easter eggs around with uh, where um, Scrooge McDuck has like hidden clues to his to his treasure, you know, to all of his money. And it's just a really fun experience. It's not there for anything more than for the details. And I love it. Yeah, it, it will add photos. It is really greatly themed. Great food, fun food. Definitely worth checking out. Let's grill around the corner to Critter Country. Um, and let's stay on this topic of food because uh, Grandma Sarah's Kitchen. If you wanted to, if you wanted to dine in Splash Mountain, <laughs> this is oh. where you go. And I'm not that big on the food per se, but the it's a two level step down into it. It, it is you get just, lost. Yeah, it is an you, inside I, outside portions. It is amazing. 
So look, um, I'm going to look for this while we're talking. But my a while back, we had we have some friends who are huge Disney Parks fans. And they um, they have basically like a collage photo frame of like 12 different pictures in their bathroom of different bathroom signs around the Disney parks. And so my mission whenever I go without my wife to somewhere to a Disney park is I will take pictures because she wants to do the same thing. (laughs) Have you ever seen have you ever seen the bathrooms, the the bathroom photos in um in uh in in that kitchen or in that in that no, restaurant i'm assuming and i'm assuming you're saying the bathroom sign photo the bathroom I'm sign yes that, i'm not taking a picture inside the bathroom that's an entirely different podcast um no okay so i'm gonna send you i'm gonna i'm gonna text we will you right add now this so you to the show notes we will add this to they the show are notes. pictures of the sign they are the coolest like and it's just and it's just it's the dumbest thing but they are so like this will just show you the level of and I have just a folder full of all these different ones from Tokyo because they really know how to do them up. Um, but I got lost in that restaurant. Like I left my son and said, OK, I'm going to go get something to eat. You stay here and because it's perfectly safe there. I don't know that I died. I do that in Orlando, but maybe not. Um, but I no worries about safety. So I said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You stay here. And I got lost coming back. And he said, what took you so long? And I said, I, I, I got lost. I ended up leaving the restaurant because, like you said, it feels like you're just climbing around inside of a tree where this little restaurant has been built. <laughs> and um, and I, I, mean, I got lost. It's I, I don't think the food is great either. Like, I completely agree. That's one of the places I, that I don't love I usually food. get a snack or dessert from there. I go there um, to eat every single time. Or I'll go there to take a break. That's how, that's yes. how much fun I think it is. Um, Splash Mountain. Do you want to say anything about that one? So Splash Mountain is one of those rides that I have a love-hate relationship with because I absolutely hate being drenched. And um, I've gotten drenched on that, uh, even though they do a really cool thing here for courtesy. I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but if you watch from Grandma's Kitchen um, and you're watching from Grandma Sarah's Kitchen, you can actually see the, the unloading zone for Splash Mountain. And there's a cast member with a long squeegee on a stick, um, basically like a sham wow. And he's wiping off each seat before it goes back to the loading zone. And to me, that's just a a, a neat little touch that you're you're not going to notice if you don't pay attention. So I love Splash Mountain. It's one of my favorite rides in Orlando. But I think they've they've tamed it down a little bit. Yeah, the, the same thing. The same thing is true with the canoes. They wipe down oh, okay. every seat before you get in, which okay. honestly is is a great prelude to the COVID-19 <laughs> podcast we will probably do on yeah. how the parks will now soon be wiping down every seat before you get on it. <laughs> but but notwithstanding, you were mentioning the canoes earlier, so I'll give you the canoes. Uh, do you, you enjoy the canoes? Yeah, so... Um... I think the reason I enjoy it, first of all, you get a really good shot, and if you're really careful and you're smart about when to do it and you keep your phone ready, you can get some really cool pictures. Again, you're not going to get those pictures anywhere in the stateside parks because we don't have those canoes functioning anymore. And so, well, they are at Disneyland, but they only do it on weekends or holidays or maybe. Okay, I guess that's what I mean is it's not not easily accessible. No, it's so frustrating because so many times it's just not running at Disneyland. And here, the, it's 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 an expectation. We run them every day until dusk, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and it's it's so cool. It's so it, it's so. And again, it's it, there's not going to be any thrills. It's really more of a scenery thing. 
Uh, but it's just it's just really neat. And I was so fortunate that because I took my boys separate years. One year, one of them got to do the canoes in Tokyo and had told my other son, it's the coolest thing. It was one of my like, one of my favorite pictures of my son from that trip is him turning around and smiling because I had him sit in front of me. Um, and then he had told him my other son was so excited about it. We get there or we find out those are going to be closed. Uh, but the ones in Shanghai were open. Um, so it ended up working working itself out. But just a fun experience that is that says and speaks Disney to me. And yes, I guess they are still in Disneyland, but um, but you're you're right in that. The frustrating thing is there's no knowing whether or not they're actually going to be working or you have to really play your cards right in order to, to, to ride them. The other thing I'll mention about this, I don't think I have found happier people than the people mm. who lead the canoes. They are so energetic and so, I mean, it is it is a pep rally of no <laughs> to get you to row and it is just... I love these people. They are so, they're having, they, they look like they're having so much fun. And, and it's just, it's a joyous, it is a joyous experience. So, um, all right, moving on to fantasy land. So, so in fantasy land, um, dark rides are, they, they have the very similar dark ride. I mean, they, there's a lot in Fantasyland. So here's the interesting thing is I'm just going to read to you from their official map or to those of you listening, Jeff knows this, uh, what attractions are in Fantasyland and Tokyo Disneyland. Alice's Tea Party, It's a Small World, uh, The Castle Carousel, Snow White's Adventures, uh, Dumbo, The Flying Elephant. Uh, there is Cinderella's Fairy Tale Hall where you can go and see kind of a retelling um, of, of Cinderella's story. There's a Peter Pan flight. There's a Pinocchio's Daring Journey. There's the crown jewel of Tokyo Disneyland, which is Pooh's Honey Hunt. Uh, their, their Haunted Mansion is in uh, Fantasyland. And then there's PhilharMagic. All of those attractions. And you look at it on the map. And, Jeff, I couldn't imagine when I saw that list getting ready for today how many attractions they have crammed into just Fantasyland. That's a lot. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve attractions crammed into just fantasy land and you're still two lands left to go um well in truth I, if i gave you fantasy lands list for disneyland you uh-huh. would get that many too because okay. they focus on the dark rides as well magic kingdom has abandoned what has been the traditional intimate dark ride but okay. you still get that here and in fact what i love about it is if you've um if you want to see the original Snow White Scary Adventure as it would played out at Magic Kingdom. This is the place to go see it because mm. it is pristine it is like day 1 of 1971. And the the show floors are so clean. I could truly eat my meal off of those floors and it not is experience ridiculous. anything. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. They shine. They are brilliant. Yeah. Um now that said uh, and by the way, I also in, um, we'll put links, my castle comparison, I go into a lot of detail about the Cinderella castle. So we won't talk about that there. I also go into a big co- discussion about It's a Small World, which just renovated, I believe is the best small world of all small worlds in any Disney park. And so definitely check that out and you can see a full video. We'll have links to that there. Uh, what is you what is strange strange 
and everything is so beautifully executed. You get to Dumbo, and Dumbo is the original look and feel of the yes. elephants from before the 1980, 83, 84, 83 change of the new Fantasyland at Disneyland. These are going back to original style Dumbo. So if you want to know what it was like to fly Dumbo in the 1960s, come here, my friend, because right. down to the color scheme of the pastels, it is it is true to life. There are not as many elephants. It's 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 total. In fact, I want to say I did a comparison of, of this too on Dumbo. Yeah, it, it's so very different. Haunted Mansion. They have played off of the Magic Kingdom version of Haunted Mansion, mm. although it mm -hmm. sits kind of almost in the same location to the far left. It's just that it's called Fantasyland. Yeah, and, and they give you some reasons why it's in Fantasyland. Just ignore those reasons. They're they're about as silly and stupid. But they just had to put Haunted Mansion someplace, and that's where it's at. So just go go with it. But what they do to their Haunted Mansion, different than what we do at Magic Kingdom to our Haunted Mansion, is that they actually do an overlay to Nightmare Before Christmas uh, during the holidays. So good. So if you want to see what that would look like in your Magic Kingdom Haunted Mansion, because you're never going to see it at the Magic Kingdom of Walt Disney World, yeah, you got to go check out Tokyo Disney's, which is just beautifully executed. Two more things and we got to... Yeah, I'm sorry, what? what? Well, no, no, you're fine. Here's the cool thing about that, is because of how well everything is done in Tokyo Disneyland, and obviously we're fanboying quite a bit here, right? Oh my gosh, but yes. It, 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 they do it so well... That if you didn't know any better, I think you would believe that that's how the ride, that's how that attraction was built, is it was built as a Nightmare Before Christmas attraction. Like, that's how well it's done. Um, it, it's just, it's 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 flawless. And it looks like, in fact, when I was there with somebody the first time, my travel partner said, oh, they built this originally? Like, how, how old is this? Because it seemed like the entire, it didn't just seem like they dropped some stuff over. It seemed like that was the theme, and you know, from the very beginning, it, it's just, uh, I, it, it, it's absolutely a blast. And obviously, you got to go at the right time to, to do that. Uh, but such a such a fun overlay. So two more things we haven't talked about from this land that I think definitely need mentioning. One is, uh, I'll take, and one I'll let you take. Um, so they've created this dining experience called the Queen of Hearts Banquet Hall. And this is tripped out Wonderland. This it's is, so weird. It is it's so weird. stunningly Wonderland. If you could take the Alice in Wonderland dark ride and just simply decide that you would, would stay in it and dine in it, it would not do justice. This is, this is fully decked out. It is kind of a buffet type experience when you go in. Yeah. But you know what? have some unbirthday cake if you don't want anything else because they'll be serving it there and um and sit and enjoy this ambiance which is a pretty big dining it's a pretty big space yeah and yeah. oh wait, no it is and yet you don't feel it because the themes that go through this are the stained glass against yeah. the one wall telling the stories it's just it, it, so it's the it's one of those places. Yeah, I have to do this restaurant at some point, 
uh, on my stay because I love Alice in Wonderland. And if you could take the Alice in Wonderland Dark Ride and the Alice in Wonderland maze from from um, Disneyland Paris and not the one from Shanghai, the Disneyland Paris one, and add a Mad Tea Party, which they have here, nicely done, and add this restaurant, you could have an entire themed land based on Alice in Wonderland. And yeah. you'd go, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. Keep it going. The other attraction, which is wildly heralded, and we will have a video of this, is Pooh's Honey Hunt. Tell us about oh. it, David. So actually, I want to go real, back back real quick yeah, um, to uh, to the to the Queen of Hearts. So I I could not care less about Alice in Wonderland. Um, I, I I don't enjoy the movie. I don't enjoy really anything of it. Uh, but that's another one of those restaurants that I love going into because of the theme. Um, the food actually isn't isn't bad there. I actually really kind of like the food there. But a couple other things that I love, and this is a nerdy thing about me, but um, you can get cold water in all of the quick service locations from mm. a little a little spout. Um, where in Orlando, the, I don't think the water at the fountains at Disney tastes very good. You can get it, but you have to go and line up to the restaurant. Yep. So. There's a really cold one there, and I love it. But also, we talked about the merchandise and the snacks. One of the other things they have uh, during all their special festivals, which is every single month of the year, you can go and buy, like if you were going to buy a, um, you know, I don't know, a chicken Alfredo dish or something, you can get a collectible or like a souvenir plate or a lunch bag or a cup or um, a little cup and saucer with it or separately. And that's one of the locations that always has a bunch of those things. Um, so I just love it. So, okay, so to Pooh's Honey Hunt, actually it's kind of interesting that we're talking about this now because fans of the stateside parks are, have now experienced something very similar to this technology. So Pooh's, the, the Pooh's ride in uh, Tokyo Disneyland is a trackless ride system. And if you've been on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, I think that's about the closest comparison that American Disney Park fans would have um, in that it, they kind of move around. The experience is going to be different depending on where you load your car. It seems entirely random, but it's obviously not. And it is just an absolute joy to ride. It's one of the maybe five rides in Disney Parks that I, no matter when I go on it and how many times I go on it, I am smiling the entire time because it's just that much fun. I think I told you one of my other ones is the Guardians of the Galaxy um, breakout uh, in uh, Disneyland um, or in a, a Disney California Adventure. That's another ride that I just can't get a smile off my face the whole time, no matter how many times I ride it. The Winnie the Pooh ride in Tokyo Disneyland is the exact same. It's a unique attraction. Um, what I love about it most is actually the queue and the exit and the gift shop because they're highly themed and very... I, I, when you look at it, you wonder why this isn't put into the UK pavilion at Epcot because what, how you approach it is not from some medieval tent with a bunch of books of Winnie the Pooh pages falling out. Rather, you yeah. approach it as if you're going to the original home of Winnie the Pooh in an English countryside. It's not quite in place for Fantasyland, but that's okay because you're going to go on a great ride, so who cares? The other thing I'll say is that right. when you get to the Huffalumps and Woozles section, then not only are you kind of moving around this room in your vehicle, but so is a ride vehicle with Huffalumps and Woozles at the, 
and mm. they're moving around the room with you. And so it's just so clever. Uh, there's a lot to like about uh, that attraction. It's not my favorite. I don't like how big the rooms are in order to accommodate all that movement. And I think you kind of miss out the intimacy of, of it. But it's still, you have to check that out. And it, yeah. and, oh, it's a blast. and when we say have to check it out, it means you're going to go there and get a fast pass first thing in the morning when you yeah. get there. Two minutes for Toontown, which is uh, an identical to Disneyland's version, only flip-flopped. Yes. So instead of Roger Rabbit being toward the right and Mickey toward the left, you have... You have instead um, Mickey toward the right um, and and Roger to the left. But there is a Gadget's Go Coaster. There's a Goofy's Paint and Playhouse, a Chip and Dale's Treehouse that hasn't been long abandoned. There's Donald's Boat. There's Minnie's House. There's Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin. And then, of course, there's the um, Mickey and Minnie uh, meet and greet. Now, the one at Disneyland is going to get Mickey and Minnie's runaway train correct that would make this the most perfect park if they could add it i don't think if you look at it from the air they can they have the space to put it there given what they are adding to tokyo disney sea which we'll talk in our next uh places we love podcast um i think it's being taken up by that and the new hotel but okay. if they could that would be that would be superb. Anything else you want to say about Toontown before we go? To so no, Island? I'm just not a. I'm. I, I know that Roger Rabbit is a is a classic ride, and a lot of people love it. As a bigger gentleman, uh, I'm not a fan of that because I feel like I have to squish myself in it and just kind of shoehorn inside. And um, it, but I like the ability uh, to ride it because it's a fun area to walk through back there. And they have some cool, they have a Roger rabbit and Jessica rabbit bathroom signs back there, Jeff. Oh, and that's also where you can get one of the, um, uh, one of the, the famous, uh, one of the sandwiches that is kind of quintessential Tokyo Disney snack food. In fact, I even have a little keychain of it. I believe is a little, um, uh, chicken. It's a, it's a chicken sandwich, but basically it's on um, what looks like a Mickey glove. The, the, mm. the bread, the, the bread is kind of like a bao bun yeah. bread or a, di- or a dim sum bread. Kind of a doughy bao uh, bun. Yeah. Right. And, um, but it's a, it, it's, it looks just like Mickey's glove. Um, and so it's just one of those cool, that's one of those, but that's one of those uh, checklist. If you're taking pictures or you're getting the, what are the most popular food or snack items in Tokyo Disneyland, that would definitely be on the list. The other thing I'll say about this is that actually everything's open when you go there. Again, Disneyland, yeah. a lot of this is seasonal. Huey, Dewey, and Louie's Good Time Cafe, it's open. It's open when it's when, when that land is open. Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland is, if you could go retro to Magic Kingdom and step into Magic Kingdom in 1971 you would you would be experiencing Tomorrowland as as it played out then um, the original entrance had these two spires with uh, water falling from each of them and then you went into the courtyard there is no um, Again, this is previous, in 1971, previous to the people mover being added to the Magic Kingdom. There's no people mover here. Um, here, we do have some attractions, though, that, have, that are very current. 
um, a Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. I just well done, very clean. How all the Buzz Lightyears ought to be. Probably the best of the Buzz Lightyears, but but I you know I think you can only do so much with a Buzz Lightyear. Um, very similar to the Disneyland version. Uh, Space Mountain. Oh, I think Disneyland's the Chang- version. What? I think that Shanghai Disneyland's Buzz Lightyear is better. It's just shorter. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Uh, Star Tours The Adventures continue. Um, well done. Have do you, and I've got a picture for this, but I don't have a good one. Maybe you do, David. Do you have um, the, the three hitchhiking droids? Yes, I do. If you could ship that to us, that would be cool to add. That is a great little, de- there are a couple of little fun details in the Star Tours uh, queue. Which is pretty massive, but all indoors, and it's it's really great. Uh, Space Mountain is Disneyland's version, well executed, very traditional Space Mountain. It kind of feels like 1977 Space Mountain at Disneyland. Um, they've kept these. There's a Stitch Encounter, which you also find in Hong Kong and Shanghai, which is it's a great way to just get a seat and kind of watch something. But uh, I think the real attraction here that people love is Monsters Incorporated Ride and Go Seek, which is almost a mini land that kind of moves you from the Tomorrowland area to World Bazaar. Yeah. Tell us uh, tell us your thoughts on this attraction. So I'm trying to think about what the best way is to describe it, and I would say that probably the best way to describe it is almost like... Um, a much, much, much more tame version of uh, Men in Black at Universal Orlando. Um, so basically, you go around, there's these monsters that you have to shine a flashlight on. Um, I don't believe, here. here's the interesting thing, it's extremely popular, but surprisingly, it doesn't keep score, and so you don't really know how many you've hit compared to other people. I just think it's so unique and different that people people love it Um, but it's one of the if there's a place that people are going to get fast passes or running to first it's it's there um epcot Epcot had an attraction in interventions called where's the fire oh yes you were handed flashlights and and you had to walk through this thing and find the fire which was yes a very cool little uh interventions thing here they made it into a ride they've taken the it, it it really in many ways isn't a whole lot different than the Monsters Incorporated ride at Disney California Adventure. But that said and done, the ride vehicles are, are much better. They're much uh, uh, much more on the move. And there are many more scenes where, again, you get the monsters. The, 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 you, you still see some of the key scenes that you see from the film, such as the Japanese restaurant. But, and, and, and of course, the factory. But here you get to go down the streets of Monstropolis and look for monsters, and and it's 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 a much more involved. And the animatronics are much more detailed. Uh, they're much they're mm-hmm. animatronics and not just moving dolls, um, as yeah. in California Adventure. So, so um, it's not. It's very. It's probably the second most popular, or almost as equally popular as that as the Pooh's Honey Hunt, but all of that's going to change when we talk about uh, what's coming. The only other thing I will mention is food at Tomorrowland. 
Um, if you need that familiar thing, Pan Galactic Pizza Port is yeah. a great place to, and it's got this whole animatronic show going on on the top floor. So go eat your pizza upstairs and watch this show play out where they talk about making pizza in space. Very bizarre, but you know, it's basically it's it's basically Tokyo's version of Sunny Eclipse. Yes, but uh, yeah, but a uh, very different. A very yeah, different outcome. Yeah. The other thing is, may I just say that I cannot leave Tokyo Disneyland on any day without my little green dumplings. Without your mochi, your green yeah, alien my, mochi? my green alien mochi. And so they've, they actually move that around quite frequently because at that place it used to be where you would get the Star Wars one. It was two stormtroopers and a Darth Vader. Mm. Um, and then they got rid of those... And last time I was there, the Green Alien Mochi were there, but for a while the Green Alien Mochi were in Tokyo Disney Sea. So they 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 move those around. Our buddy um, uh, uh, Chris over at TDRExplorer.com uh, will often like that's one of the most popular questions I think he's asked is where do I find the Green Alien Mochi? Yeah, let me also I've got an, I've got to mention one other thing that is so bizarre that you got to check it out. It's Tomorrowland Terrace. I, I said, if you want to walk into 1971, this restaurant has faithfully maintained the 1971 Coca-Cola decor. <laughs> and it is, it is bizarre to walk in there. Um, it is the most bizarre experience. It's so clean, so well-kept. It's what Tomorrowland Terrace ought to be, but it's all indoors. And... Um, and actually, I think you can get the hamburgers there. So, so oh, there you go. All, all of that is good. Now, we've gone over an hour just describing what is, and we haven't talked about what will be. And Tokyo Disney is biting itself to reopen, because uh, biting its lips to reopen because there is a new fantasy lens coming. And no, it doesn't have a Seven Dwarfs Mind Ride. But when you see the video that's going to come out on Enchanted Tale of Beauty and the Beast, you're going to say, why is this not go mow down, go mow down your Be Our Guest restaurant and put this ride in Be Our Guest. Because, yeah, Orlando kind of got the shaft in that, don't oh, you think? Yeah, oh, and then you're going to see the Beauty and the Beast castle, which houses that. And then you're going to compare it to our little storybook land castle on top of our mountain. And it's going to, our fantasy land will look embarrassing. I mean, I'm not, I'm glad we have Little Mermaid and I'm glad we have Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. But what they are adding in terms of this, this Beauty and the Beast attraction, which will operate like Pooh's Honey um, Hunt, you'll be in teacups, as I understand right. it, uh, or, or sh sugar, I don't know if it's a teacup, but it's some dish. Um, and you're going to just join in to be our guests, the music and dance with Belle and Beast on the dance in the ballroom. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, pretty amazing. Added to that, it will be a new Fantasyland Forest Theater, an indoor theater with live entertainment featuring, and they do, they still do, and they do on a level that nobody does, a Kids of the Kingdom style show that is astonishing. And yeah. I, they've done it in a sort of outdoor covered theater in Tomorrowland. I don't know that that isn't going away in place of this new theater. And I don't, they haven't said what the show is, 
but I am confident that it will be an amazing show. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And there, the shows are so popular that you actually have to join a lottery to get into it. So that's the that, that I think that is one of the I mean, there's a lot of things that I think are and I'm not talking cultural shock in terms of geography. I'm talking culture shock for Disney fans in terms of this feels familiar. But what is happening? That's the craziest thing. So you take your park ticket and you go into one of these areas and you on this little screen, what looks like kind of an old school screen, like a Commodore 64 or something, <laughs> um, you you choose your show and you choose your time and you can only do once for you can only try once for each show. And you scan everybody's ticket, and then you enter the lottery, and you'll you'll hear people because the sound either goes if you don't get on, or and you will, like you will see people. It's the coolest thing to actually be there when somebody wins because they start cheering and jumping up and down, and it's like this big community. Like they all understand how rare that is. I have now been in those parks. Uh, oh goodness, I mean. Six. I mean, probably 18, 20 days total or so. I've never once won a lottery, and I try every day, and I've never once won. Um, but it's the it's the weirdest <laughs> thing to get used to having to do that. I've won the lottery a couple of times, but generally it's been a one out of five that okay. I've won. And um, now you can go to the first show of the day and line up in traditional style for that show. Yes. And get in. So if it matters to you, you could still do that. Um, but I imagine even the first show of the day at this Fantasyland Force Theater. By the way, all of this will be crowded. And I imagine, and, and by the way, all of this is housed in the Bell's Village, which includes Maurice's Cottage, Gaston's Fountain, restaurants, shops, and everything. Then the other thing, two other things they're doing, they're doing a mini-style studio in Toontown. So they're adding a component of that. By the way, they took out Tomorrowland Autopia to do this. No real loss, but it, that's what it used to be there. Um, the other thing they're adding is the Happy Ride with Baymax, which is pretty much uh, Baymax's version of um, uh, Mater's uh, Roundup in Radiator Springs, or yes. the Alien Spin, what's the correct title? the one at uh, uh, alien that. spinning saucers yeah. swirling saucers alien swirling saucers yeah um, and so that is also joining as another Tomorrowland attraction which is very cool to see that added the final thing that's being added and I you have to talk about it is is the big pop which um, so as much as we talked about food we haven't talked about popcorn no, that is, they actually have it marked on the maps. Like you can actually look on a, you know, on a current map um, and like an actual paper map and map and they will have listed where you can get the unique flavors and there's going to be two or three new flavors. Isn't there going to be like a caramel yes, apple one? There'll be like three or four in that one alone. But here's what right. is being described on the current map. Soy sauce and butter at Cafe Orleans. Caramel at Polynesian Mark Twain next to the gazebo and Tomb Pop. Curry at the Trading Post in the Cowboy Cookhouse. Milk chocolate next to the carousel and the popping pod. Honey in front of Pooh's Honey Hunt and Sweetheart Cafe. Salt next to Treasure Comet and Corn Pottage next to Pop a lot. I haven't had Corn Pottage. I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. But that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven 
flavors and yes i think they're adding a new flavor in addition to this um, the popcorn thing and and popcorn uh, uh souvenir carriers oh my goodness david this is this is just total craziness and i'm not i am not a popcorn fan but i can't leave there without tasting the unique flavors of it um yeah it's pretty uh I, I mean, they are they are pretty serious about their popcorn. I mean, there are men, women, and children walking around with one of those big souvenir, and they're not small. I mean, they are large plastic souvenir buckets, and they just eat out of them throughout the day, and you can go get them refilled. And it's a big. This has kind of gotten this way actually at Disneyland, right? If there's a special, like there was a and um, uh, what's his name, uh, Oogie Boogie from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas at one of the Halloween parties last year. They announced that that he was going to have his own souvenir popcorn bucket, and they people went crazy over that. Um, and it's so it's it's kind of kind of getting to be the same, uh, just just absolutely wild. A couple of more things um, that we should talk about before we end this: um, the character meet and greet experience. There are a couple, like Mickey in Toontown. Yeah. That's not a thing at Tokyo, by and large. Are there Disney characters? Yes. But in the grand Disneyland style, they walk around. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of come, you know, they just appear in front of you. And that's a very cool thing. They have uh, a terrific um, evening show, fireworks, with uh, projection mapping and, and the whole nine yards. That's a terrific show on Cinderella Castle. I don't think it's as good as Happily Ever After myself, but that doesn't mean it's not a great show and worth watching. What I think is truly amazing are the parades. Yeah. Um, which includes a seasonal Easter parade, completely <laughs> redone every year. Yeah, with the, with the Usatama. Yeah, yeah. Because they actually sing. So it's basically these little eggs with bunny ears and arms and feet and like these people will you know so the the um the, these little uh, little guys these these little usatama will go and they'll do flips and they I mean they are the theme of this parade and when you're watching the parade everybody gets out there cuz they're such frequent visitors that they have it memorized and they have their little plush and they're dancing and the song is like usatama and they go around and they dance and they just cause trouble and wreak havoc uh, and it's a it, it's a uni- it's unique parade uh, that you can actually still see that parade and you can see their normal afternoon parade, which is called Dreaming Up, which if you want to do yourself a favor of 17 or 18 minutes, go to YouTube, find a high def video of the Dreaming Up parade and you will just you're you will drool over wanting to get to Tokyo Disneyland if you're a fan of Disney parades because it is. It is something special, and then. But wait, there's more. <laughs> right, and right, and then find their evening parade, and it's just it just so like I do not of often you... wait for I do not often wait a long time for parades. I have one spot in the Magic Kingdom that I'll wait for Festival of Fantasy if I need a break, um, but maybe only forty five minutes or so. There are people getting their spots four hours in advance for these parades in Tokyo, and absolutely worth it. Yeah, absolutely worth Very, it. Very, and they all sit down for the parade. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, there's an entire system of where you there's can... There's a whole culture system we could go into and, and, and have yep. another podcast. 
Um, but let me just say, uh, for those of you who love the Main Street Electrical Parade, um, there is another, and it ain't Spectro Magic. It's it's uh, it's their version of Main Street Electrical Parade, um, and it is it's stunning. It's just stunning what they have done to an electrical parade experience and uh um and so uh so yeah there's you can see why we're just kind of saying this is perhaps the best magic kingdom style park there is um not for originality of design but because they took the best of the best and then every day they make it perfect yeah in execution absolutely and that's i think i think that's why we it's it's really hard i would never do this in a day i I, um i always try to spend at least two days of my trip um at uh at tokyo disneyland now having said all that and having gone nearly a minute and 20 an hour and 20 minutes we now are going to have to tackle tokyo disney sea and that is a whole nother beast. So make sure you stay tuned because that one's coming uh, down the pike from us. So thank you, David, for joining me on this. Thank you very much. Well, that just about does it for today. Thank you for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast. If you're listening to us, you undoubtedly have a love of all things Disney. And we want you to make sure you join us. So please subscribe to this podcast and share it with others. If you feel like it's something good, please uh, go to iTunes and give us a positive rating and if possible, a review. That helps us to get the word out to other people. We want to make sure that you take a look at the notes page where we have put in dozens of images of Tokyo Disneyland, things that we've shared today, as well as some videos that we've included. Also there, you'll see a reference. Uh, if you're looking to book uh, an experience to go to uh, any Disney theme park, well, absolutely reach out to David Zanola because he can help you make those plans. It doesn't cost you extra, and it really does help uh, give you a chance to get the very best uh, Disney experience possible. Disney at Work and Disney at Play is part of Performance Journeys committed to helping you improve your organization. So if you'd like a keynote speaker seminar for your business conference or higher ed group, know that we offer a variety of topics around leadership, employee engagement, customer service, teamwork, all tied to best in business ideas at Disney. And know that when you invite me to speak, we're gonna bring in ideas from having worked in the trench with scores of organizations for over 25 years in implying and applying these best in Disney uh, practices and ideas. For more information, visit us at disneyatwork.com and performancejourneys.com. Better yet, contact me or reach me by email and phone and talk to me about what's happening in your workplace and how I can help you take your organization to the next level. Listening is the best gift I can give you. So feel free and reach out and discuss your needs. Well, again, thank you for joining us for this week's show. And finally, in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, be sure to follow the compass of your heart. 
have a great day.